Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Matt Densky continues our summer series, Disciple, and talks about life in community. Matt talks about John 13, verses 34 through 35, and how Jesus models agape love. He talks about how Jesus calls us to love others as he has loved us, and then walks through four ways we can have agape love in our relationships, through trust, communication, commitment, and integrity. Matt challenges us to put these four into practice in our own friendships and relationships. We hope you enjoy this message. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic week of Fellowship Greenville students. My name is Matt Densky. I serve as a student pastor here, and it is so good to be with you this morning. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you're doing well. Reminder that you're loved. Reminder that you belong here. Even if you're not here physically, we love you. And, uh, and you belong here. Over the past couple of weeks, we have been in a series that is just called Disciple. And we have been exploring what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Dallas kicked the series off and just laid out a foundational definition right away about um, that a disciple is someone who allows themselves to be influenced by someone or something and then kind of copies those things. So when we say we're disciples of Jesus, we're saying we want to be like Jesus. His ways, his words, his practices, we want those for ourselves. We want to become more like Jesus. And so we've introduced over the past few weeks this this triangle that's given some language to different categories of what it means to be a disciple. Uh, Life in Jesus, life in community with other people. Uh, people, and then life on mission for Jesus are the three categories. And we've been spending two weeks on each tip of that triangle, and this is the second week of life in community. And so the question on the table is, what does it look like to be in a community of people who claim to be disciples of Jesus? And my mind went right to John chapter 13, because Jesus uh, is teaching his disciples what it looks like to have a community, a kingdom community, and be known as his disciples. And so I want to read these verses with you. This is John 13, verse 34 and 35. Jesus says this, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Verse 35, by this, by this love that you have for one another, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So, in fact, this isn't really just about us living in community. This this is really the whole triangle. Life with Jesus, life in community, and life on mission. Because this love that he's talking about is a Jesus-style love. It's modeled by him and comes from him that we have with one another in community, and by this love, others will know that we belong to Jesus. And so there's this outside looking in, this on-mission component of this is how we reveal to the world that we belong to Jesus. But it's a really, really interesting teaching here. John 13 is Jesus's last night with his disciples before he's arrested and, and eventually crucified. And John 13, he introduces the Lord's Supper and He washes their feet right before this. The king of kings becomes the servant of servants and he washes their feet. And then right after this, in John chapter 14, Jesus starts teaching 
about the Holy Spirit. He starts letting them know, I'm leaving, but someone is coming and he is the helper and he will fill you with his presence and his peace. But right here, these two verses, to love one another. Jesus says this, he says, a new commandment that I give to you. Now that's interesting because if you've spent three years with Jesus and he comes on his last night with you and he says, guys, I've got something new. You've never heard this before. I've been saving this one. I've had this in the pocket this whole time, but I'm gonna tell you now. I mean, you, you would lean forward and get excited. Man, what's he got? What's he, what's he gonna tell us that he's never told us before? This is amazing. And you lean in and Jesus says, I want you to love each other. Now that's a great teaching, right? Like that's a great teaching. But is that a new teaching? Because, you know, if I'm a disciple here, I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. He said this was going to be a new commandment to love each other. Haven't we heard this before? Yet Jesus has taught on love the Lord your God with all your soul, strength, mind, and heart, and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, love your enemy, pray for them. Uh, even all the way in the Old Testament, in, in the Torah, in Deuteronomy, chapter 6, we have this whole, this whole idea of love, love, love each other, love God. This isn't a new commandment. So what is Jesus communicating here? Well, let's take a look again. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Oh, that's the new part. You see, before, when the idea of love has been taught, it's been taught as love one another, love God, love your neighbor. But the tricky part about that and the challenge about that is love is such a broad stroke idea that it's often left up to the hearer to define what it looks like. And then we grade ourselves on how well we love each other based on our own definition of love. And so we're like, yeah, I, I do a pretty good job at loving people. Go me. But this is the first time that God has said, here's how I want you to love one another, the way I've loved you. In other words, if, if you were to hold a mirror up to all the ways that God loves you, or all the ways that Jesus modeled love, if you're to hold that mirror up, and then you were to hold a mirror up to all the ways that you love one another, that you love other people in your life on a regular basis, if you compared the reflections they should be identical. Like, like, do you understand the impossibility of this, of this command? A new commandment I give to you guys that you love each other exactly the way that I have loved you. Yeah, but Jesus, you're perfect. You're without sin. You are God. You are love. How are we ever supposed to manifest that kind of love for each other? And so what is Jesus doing here? Is he asking us to do something that's impossible? Because that would seem weird and kind of deceitful, like, hey, do this, even though you'll never be able to do it. Is he asking us to do something that is possible? And if it is, then why don't we do it? Or are we misunderstanding something? I think that this kind of love that Jesus is talking about, 
the word here in, in the original language this was written in is, is agape, and agape is divine love. Jesus is saying, as divine love has been shown to you, you give divine love towards one another. I think that's impossible without the divine presence, which is why I think in John chapter 14, he starts talking about the spirit. God's spirit will live in you. He, he will be, he, he's a helper. He will be in you. His presence, his peace is in you. I don't think we can manifest divine love for one another without the divine presence in us. And so the power to love one another as Jesus has loved us comes through the presence of the spirit. But even then, it, it's still kind of like, well, what does that love look like though? In fact, the early church, if you go to the book of Acts and you look at the early church, and let me give a little plug here for Epic 2020 coming up in September. We are uh, going through the first nine chapters of the book of Acts in this year's Epic. It's going to be epic. It's going to be good. But if you go to the first uh, few chapters of Epic, of, Ep of the book of Acts, you'll notice that Luke includes these summary passages describing the early church. Like Peter would go out and preach a message and 3,000 people would come to believe. And, and the next day, Peter and John would go out and preach and 5,000 would come to believe. And Luke starts to include these summary verses. And he says, man, they had all things in common. They were of one mind. They were, they were unified. They, they gave generously to anyone as they had need. In other words, the early church didn't seem to be known for its division. It seemed to be known for its unity. In fact, the early church was known for kind of being a family. The terms brother and sister were so common in the early church. And other people looking in were like, man, what is this? I want to be a part of that. How do I get in this family of love? Jesus says, you will be known by your love. You'll, people will know that you are my disciples by your love. And the early church was known for that. So what does this love look like? Because it's kind of easy to say, yeah, let's love each other. But how did Jesus model this love? In a kingdom community, what does this love look like? You know, we, we tend to think about one day when we die, we will go to heaven. But that's actually an incorrect way to think about heaven and, and a pretty shallow way as well. Jesus brought the kingdom of God with him. Literally, heaven came down to earth. And then he's invited us to be a part of his family, which creates the realities of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. That's what we pray in the Lord's Prayer. God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're creating kingdom realities in this earthly life. We don't just wait until we die to go to heaven. We are creating heaven in this life. And then its full manifestation will come in the next. And so in terms of a kingdom community, a, a a community as if it exists in a heavenly plane, what does it look like on this earth? I think there are four things that have to be present in order to accomplish this kind of community. And if just one of these four is absent, I don't think it can work. In fact, I would say any relationship in your life that's ever failed, that's ever not worked out, is because one of these four wasn't present. This is what agape love looks like in a kingdom community. Are you ready? The first thing that's necessary is trust. Trust. I can't love you 
if I don't trust you and vice versa. We won't confide in each other. We, we won't rely on one another. We won't become vulnerable with each other. We won't take the masks off and allow our true selves to be seen. If I don't trust you, the relationship can't go deeper. But here's the problem with trust or the challenging thing about trust. Trust is earned over time. It doesn't come quickly. It's built through shared experiences. It's built through vulnerability. It's built through length of time in the relationship. So it takes a while to build trust. But without trust, love cannot exist. The next component of agape love, I think, is communication. Now that sounds super easy, right? Oh, communication. I love talking. Let's talk. But it's not just that. It's, it's uh, embracing conflict. When there's tension in the relationship, you talk about it rather than avoid it and bottle it up. It's, it's conflict resolution. How do we come to terms of peace when we're upset with one another? It's understanding each other's perspectives, even when you don't understand each other's perspectives. It's the small talk. It's the confession of sin. It's the forgiveness given to one another. It's when you hurt me or sin against me, I come to you and I talk to you about it because I love you. We, we've got to work these things out. But our typical tendency in relationships is to avoid those things because we're afraid of confrontation. And if we're afraid of confrontation, it reveals that there's actually an absence of trust. You have to have trust and trust leads to healthy communication. If you don't have communication, it reveals you don't have trust. Don't bottle the emotions, talk through them. But in order to do that, you need trust. Trust comes over time. The next component of agape love is commitment. Commitment says, man, when this thing gets tough, I will not bail. If we're saying we are a kingdom community, I'm committing to you guys a friendship, a camaraderie. I'm committing to the presence of this group. I'm not gonna be flaky, I'm not gonna bail, it won't be conditional. I'm not gonna gravitate towards some and then not others just because I don't have a natural chemistry with them. I am laying down some of my preferences so that I can commit to this group because this group is claiming to be a kingdom community. This would apply to small groups, families, marriages, relationships, friendships, the commitment levels. But oftentimes our commitment is kind of spotty because we put conditions around it. It got hard, so I was out. We had a misunderstanding, so I'm out. But if I'm committed to you, then when we do have conflicts or problems or disagreements or misunderstandings or confusions, if I'm committed, I will communicate. And if we have a foundation of trust, we can resolve these things. The last and fourth component of agape love that I think has to be present is integrity. This idea of personal character, of I have an, I have an upright standing in my heart that internally I, I, I have a posture of love towards you. I don't slander you. I don't talk bad about you in my mind or externally to others. I, I assume the best of you. I want the best for you. I am pursuing Jesus on my own in my secret life. It lines up with my external life. There's consistency. I have integrity. If I have integrity, then I'm committed to this relationship. If I'm committed, then we resolve the hard things through communication. When we do that, it actually builds trust because we trust people who have integrity. This is the cycle of agape, trust, communication, commitment, and integrity, leading to more trust, communication, commitment, and integrity. This is what a kingdom community on earth can look like. This is what Jesus modeled in his ministry. He established trust over time. 
he and his guys, his disciples communicated. They talked through things. They reflected. They debriefed. He rebuked sin. He taught them. He trained them. He invited questions. He was committed to them over the long haul, even to the point of death. And he had a perfect integrity about him. Jesus invites us into the same kind of love. What would it look like if we were known for the ways we love one another in the kingdom? What would our what would this love look like? What would a, a heavenly love and an earthly reality look like? I think the components would be trust, communication, commitment, and integrity leading to a kingdom reality in our relationships, only possible through the presence of the Spirit within us. But this is agape. And Jesus says, this is the love we are to have for one another. So may you go and discover what agape feels like and looks like by creating these communities among your friend groups, empowered through the presence of the Spirit. I love you guys. Blessings. See you next week.